From the University of Alberta Alumni Association, it's What the Job. I'm Matt Ray. This was a gap that needed to be filled. And, and when you do a startup, you just realize like there's all these problems and all these tasks to be done. And you just have to figure out a way to do them either yourself or through the resources you have. And so a lot of it was just, OK, Jennifer is the most detail oriented between the two of us. So I guess that's going to go to her. <laughs> On this episode of What the Job, I talk with Jennifer Keith, the CEO and co-founder of Epic Food and Drink. Jennifer spent many years working in HR before entering the world of entrepreneurship. We talk about her journey to that point, how she learned to be flexible in her thinking, how a case competition eventually led to her launching a business, and why she thinks Matlock is the coolest guy ever. What the Job is made possible with the support of our affinity partner, TD Insurance. Did you know that through the TD Insurance Mellish Monarchs program, University of Alberta alumni are entitled to preferred rates on car, home, condo, and renter's insurance? Save even more by bundling your car and home insurance. To learn more about how you can save, please visit tdinsurance.com slash ualbertaalumni. What's your name and what's your job? I am Jennifer Keith, CEO and co-founder of Epic Food and Drink. Well, what's Epic Food and Drink? Let's start there first. Sounds good. So, yeah, what we do is we um, we build events technology and uh, experiential uh, food halls and culinary experiences. So we bring together a bunch of different cuisine types um, from menus that are designed by you know world-class chefs um, to give guests a very diverse culinary experience. We run uh, different classes, competitions. Um, we become these uh, culinary experiential hubs. And uh, yeah, the events technology we're building is a, basically a, a B2B uh, business events app <clears throat> that allows business, <clears throat> excuse me, allows businesses to uh, book events through our platform very easily. When you said B2B, what does that mean? Uh, so we're a business and we're focused mostly on working with other businesses. So we're looking for all of those uh, HR people and executive assistants who have to do event planning kind of off the side of their desks and, um, you know, put together team events uh, and and be able to, to book those types of really interesting events very easily and, and quickly through our application. And in your role, what is sort of like your responsibility? What's your sort of day to day? Yeah, so a day in my life is uh, spent majority of my time is kind of directing the team. So I have a marketing group and operations group, uh, making sure that we're covering everything and, and, and going in the right direction and, and towards our vision. Um, a lot of meetings with partners, uh, suppliers, <clears throat> fundraising is part of my job duty as well. So uh, talking to lots of banks, uh, doing grant applications, talking to investors, pitching my company, um, doing things like this that help promote uh, myself and the organization. So um, a lot of accounting and finance. I'm kind of our, our financial lead as well. So a lot of nitty gritty admin reporting and um and uh, accounts payables, receivables, and keeping all of that cash flow stuff organized so that we're not running out of money. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> it, sounds, it does sound like you have to wear a bunch of different hats for this role. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, more hats than I had ever imagined. And 
thought that I would ever be good at as uh, kind of an HR person turned entrepreneur. So uh, like for an HR person to be doing all the financial stuff for an organization, you know, bringing in millions, it's it's like, what? How did I get into this position? <laughs> well, how did you like, so I am interested in how, how did you figure out that you could do the financial side or did you just do it? Um, that's a great question. I think when you're leading a company, I do have a co-founder as well. And I should say that like together, him and I are like yin and yang. Um, we have uh, different strengths and weaknesses and we're completely complementary in that way. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of just, we, this was a gap that needed to be filled. And, and when you do a startup, you just realize like there's all these problems and all these tasks to be done. And you just have to figure out a way to do them either yourself or through the resources you have. And so a lot of it was just, okay, Jennifer is the most detail oriented between the two of us. So I guess that's going to go to her. <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, I think in a lot of situations, people think you need these exact qualifications or background or education and training. But in reality, I imagine, especially for entrepreneurs, especially with a startup or you're trying to just get things done, you have to kind of just adapt and move on. Absolutely. You need to be really flexible in your thinking and kind of, it's like a fake it till you make it kind of situation, right? Like <laughs> there's a lot of things I didn't know how to do before I started this and I didn't have any qualifications to do, but you just have to do it. And so like, the, I think a hallmark of a really great leader and a great entrepreneur is the ability to adapt, um, ability to learn really quickly, um, be resourceful, uh, find tools to help you, find people to help you, um, I've gotten countless, you know, <laughs> advice from different people on how to do different things when I didn't know how to do it myself. So, um, and, and you have to do it on such few resources. Like I just, I, you know, I don't have the money to hire somebody to do this piece for me or to give me, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, professional advice. So how, do, how can I tap into my network of friends that I went to school with to figure out this accounting issue that I'm having or this legal problem that I'm having as well, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. It's interesting too, just this, the relying on the network, but you know, you talked about learning and that was something that I thought, uh, along the way, like, you know, you said fake it till you make it, but it seems like it's really about learning at an extreme pace. And I'm wondering, you know, and just from that perspective of launching a startup and, and drawing on what you've learned, what are some of the, the big things you've learned along the way? Yeah. So um, I think the, some of the biggest learnings that I've had personally, I've had a lot of really, you know, I guess you can say success throughout my my personal life and my career. Um, I was kind of one of those students that just like worked really hard and got really good grades all throughout school. And, um, you know, when I when I entered my corporate career, I was um, I was just one of those people that, you know, just volunteered for more, did more, got more recognition. And I moved up the ranks quite quickly and got promoted. Um, and I I've just had lots of success. And so I think one of the biggest things is that in the startup life, <laughs> things don't go according to plan almost ever. <laughs> and uh, you can, you know, you can, you can make plans, you can try things out, but lots of things fail. And so for me, the biggest thing was just learning how to, how to reconcile that with my own confidence and with my own, um, kind of self-concept of like who I am and how I do and <laughs> if that makes sense where it's it's really about um being able to accept that failure and and 
learn from it, learn from it and, and take every experience where it feels like a failure, where something didn't work out, not as a personal um, personal failure or a personal issue or something that, you know, you, you, you did wrong, but to, to take it as this learning opportunity that you found something out and now you need to, you know, adapt to that experience and you need to change or pivot or you need to learn from that event and grow forward. It's interesting to, you think about like, um, uh, trying to control things or being a perfectionist and these kinds of skills that I think in school are actually kind of useful. I mean, you know, being, uh, um, hardworking and trying to get everything right, studying all the knowledge. So you have it perfectly. What, what was your major? Um, so in, uh, my undergrad, I did a BCom with a major in HR and a minor in business law. Okay. And then in my MBA, which I took a couple of years later, I did, um, and I specialized in innovation and entrepreneurship. Yeah. So, I mean, in, and I'm sure in both instances, being able to study and remember all the details and everything like that, that's all very useful. So, but did you feel like, uh, I mean, I know you went, so did you go right into HR after you graduated? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my first job was I took an internship, an intern job <laughs> at a recruitment agency where they basically just had me um, reviewing resumes and booking interviews and interviewing people for like temporary admin positions with a, a recruiting agency. And I did that for about a month and a half. And then I found um, a position with the city of Edmonton in their recruitment uh, group. And so I, d I did a a one year stint there as a, a junior recruitment consultant, um, hiring uh, mostly like community service workers and uh, like in parks and rec and that kind of thing. And then I um, moved over to EPCOR um, and that's where I spent pretty much the rest of my corporate career uh, for 10 years <clears throat> doing a multitude of different HR activities. So I started as kind of like an admin, um, supporting all of these HR business partners with their case files and um, keeping, I guess, the whole group organized. And then I was promoted to an HR business partner position um, and then moved up into the ranks as a manager of talent acquisition and then a senior manager of talent acquisition and talent management. Why, why HR? What was it that about HR that made you want to go down that path? Because you, you even, you did, did you start off your degree thinking I'm going to study to enter a career into HR? Not at all. So um, if you asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up at age three, I would have said a lawyer. And I said that all up until, you know, second year of university. Um, and, and really the reason was, as um, you know, I, my mom and I would watch Matlock when I was a kid. Matlock. <laughs> the coolest guy ever like I'm like I want to do his job <laughs> um I was part of like the U of A pre-law society I you know did you know mock LSATs and all that kind of stuff and and it was through the U of A pre-law society that I like actually got to went to all these events and got to hear firsthand from lawyers kind of what their life was like and I just thought you know I just felt like it wasn't the career for me like the the kind of competitiveness and uh, kind of eat what you kill mentality <laughs> that you need to to win in that uh, in that industry and and I just thought you know um, I took business as as a like a practical fallback and I took some HR classes and some early small classes and um, just really thought it was very compelling how important people are to organizations and how important people are to um, to enabling businesses to thrive and and out of all of like kind of the disciplines that I was learning about in business that the people side of things just intrigued me the most because they're so 
um, people are very creative. People are very unpredictable. And I wanted to master how to kind of enable that side of the business. That's interesting. The Matlock stuff still, um, I, I still find that hilarious. I think you're the youngest person in the world to think Matlock is so cool. <laughs> I don't think anybody else under like 60. Um, but you know what? Why not? Um, <laughs> and it's interesting to me. Well, it's cool that you really explored the avenue of what are lawyers, what do they do to figure out what's right for you. Um, uh, and it's funny also that you mentioned if you'd asked me what I wanted to be when I'm growing up, because that is a question that we ask every guest in our lightning round. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll ask you again in about, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, but, you know, you talked about um, the aspect and the focus on people and you went in to work in HR. Was there Were there points during that time you're working in HR before you switched to, I guess, uh, was it from HR to the startup? Was that the jump or did you? Okay. Yeah, directly. So what, were there times, were there many times before, you know, near the end when you made the jump where you were like, you know what, I want to start something up on my own? Well, I actually come from a bit of a family of entrepreneurs. Mm. My dad had started uh, food businesses and he, he'd owned a supermarket in Vancouver and uh, he still owns a seafood distribution company over there. Uh, my mom had started a travel agency and, you know, aunts and uncles had started service businesses as well, like um, nail salons and that kind of thing. But it was mostly out of like necessity, right? Like mm. because I didn't have the experience and education to, you know, get the really well-paying jobs so they had to make their own way and um it was funny because like i was just you know the, again asian overprotective asian parents who were just like just study just study and get a stable corporate job that <laughs> <laughs> was like that what they encouraged because they they went through a lot of hardships with entrepreneurship through through my life and we've had businesses that opened and closed and didn't you know some that did well some that didn't and and they know that they knew how hard it was. So they would have never encouraged me to, to be an entrepreneur. But I had always felt like, you know, I've always put so much effort into any work that I do that I thought I could just do more. And I wanted to do more. And I wanted to kind of like be in charge of my own destiny and, and know that like if, if I put in more effort, then I can do better for myself. And um, so I'd always been interested in entrepreneurship. Um, part-time in my undergrad, I actually, uh, you know, started to get involved with a few startups. Um, I was involved with like an indie record label that my friend started and I was her like marketing person um, during my MBA. And, and that's why I chose innovation entrepreneurship as well as a, a specialization is I was really interested in understanding innovation specifically. Um, being like the the youngest person in my HR department, I was put on like every technology project that we had because they were just like, oh, Jennifer is like a whiz with tech. Like, let's just give it to her, right? So, <laughs> so I really um, worked on a lot of different projects that involved innovation and technology and integration and process improvement and change management with, with that technology in mind. And so going into my MBA, I really thought, oh, well, let's, I, I want to explore this innovation side more. And entrepreneurship was just kind of this other thing that I'm like, you know, someday I want to do something on my own. Um, and uh, shortly after I graduated from the MBA, I had uh, actually met my co-founder, Luke Butterworth, in the MBA program. We um, were selected by the U of A to represent the school at um, the John Molson International Case Competition, which is this big case competition out in Montreal um, and like schools all over the world compete in it. And uh, we trained for six months in this case competition um, 
and and competed in, in Montreal for a whole week. It was like a it was like a case comp on steroids. If you don't know what a case competition is, it's basically um, you get together in a room with no t no resources, and they give you a, a business case, and you have three hours to figure out what the problem is, what the solution is to that case, slap together a presentation, and then pitch it to a a room of judges wow. who then judge you on your yeah, and you judge you on your solution and your analysis, and then tell you whether you win the competition or not. <laughs> so high stress situation. <laughs> um luke and i worked really well together and shortly like after um starting the mba he actually started a startup company as well in telehealth at the time in 2016 telehealth in alberta was like a big question mark like no one really understood it, it was very hard to break in if he had just waited maybe three years and started it in 2019 pre-pandemic he would have mm. been in a position but i mean with that telehealth company i got my feet wet again with startups <clears throat> as a, as his chief people officer and kind of just like a, a part of the founding team as a way to you know riff on strategy and that kind of thing so um again just i I had, was always intrigued working with these groups about how much you had to do and how many opportunities there were to do such a diversity of things and um Still, again, that that piqued my interest and made me want to again start something of my own because I can just wear so many hats and 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 something that I loved and all throughout my HR career is um, I I never liked being in those positions where you just do the same thing every day like variability and kind of yeah the variety was just something that I loved and and doing something different every day and when I was an HR consultant like you never know what type of people problem is going to come up and you're dealing with something different all the time so that's what really drew me is like oh you can, there's just so much challenge um so many potential issues that I can tackle and I I I I'm really driven by trying to solve hard issues <laughs> I'm still thinking about this case competition because it sounds wild <laughs> <laughs> what do you do to prep? How do you prepare for that? Uh, you just run through cases. You run through different business problems and you get guest judges to come in and listen to your presentation. So it was like, you know, a, a two times a month at least we would uh, sit in a room on a Saturday, uh, spend three hours reading a case, analyzing it, putting together the presentation and then pitching it. And wow. uh, and then the, the case at comp itself was like a week long round robin one. So you, it was like a bracket style. You had to do two, like one to two cases a day. Yeah over a week so it was, it was intense but it was a lot of fun and, and it was a good experience and it seems to line up with this you know you're talking about um the new new experiences not wanting to do the same thing every day encountering new obstacles new challenges which also seems to line up of course with uh, with what you're doing now um mm -hmm. how did you decide to do this startup what was it um there's there's a food connection is that significant what was it so um, after Luke had wound up the other startup and I was actually at his wedding and uh, we over probably a few too many glasses of champagne <laughs> and said, hey, OK, so this is over. But like, what else do we want to do? Because we want to do something together. Um, you know, my family's been in food, um, you know, throughout my classes at the U of A, when I, whenever we had to do like a business plan, I'd always come up with some kind of like food related idea. I don't know why it's just always been a part of my, my psyche, I guess. And, <clears throat> and his brother is, uh, is actually an executive sous chef from BC. And so, um, Luke had actually tried to start a restaurant with his brother and 
realized how difficult it is to, to start a restaurant, um, for how difficult it is for a talented chef like his brother to get the capital, the resources, the business acumen to start something like that, just, just to get the creative side of his of his uh, of his career out right like he's currently working at a uh, I think a golf course and he's an executive sous chef but he's cooking someone else's menu and it's the same kind of food all the time he can't find there was no way for him to you know design a menu or or, or get that creativity out as an artist and so Luke and I were like well this is such a hard problem <laughs> like how come there's no solution for this why don't we why don't we just try to tackle that um and so our initial thought was how do we create a business that would help um, chefs like his brother uh, be able to get that creativity of basically start restaurants. And so we started this company as kind of an infrastructure play where we would um, put together both the physical and digital infrastructure that would enable chefs to start restaurant businesses in our spaces. I love how on the day where he's making a serious life commitment, he's like, you know what? It's time for another commitment, a business commitment. Luke's an entrepreneur at heart. He's in, and he always has lots of different projects going on. <laughs> and it sounds like this business fits well with uh, your people skills, working with people, helping people. You said when you got into HR, it was in part because you were really fascinated by people and how they work and how important they are. And here you are in a role which empowers people. And of course, you know, to extend this even further, um, restaurants are all about bringing people together and celebrating yes. and being communal. So really food is this like universal experience that just everybody has an affinity to food, right? No matter what culture you are, no matter who you are, everyone's got to eat. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's, that's really powerful, the ability for it to bring people together. Yeah. I am want to know about the early days of this startup and, and how it went, how you got it off the ground and what sort of, you know, learnings or what sort of skills you brought to the table. I'm just thinking about people who are listening and thinking about maybe starting their own uh, and what they might experience or go through, obviously respecting that all situations are different and unique. Yeah, for sure. So, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the sessions started with some ideation, right? Um, we thought, hey, how do we feasibly bring together uh, the physical and of digital infrastructure for these restaurants to run? And we were starting this right at the, uh, the outset of the pandemic, actually. So um, we incorporated June 2020, but we started thinking about it in January 2020. So as we were trying to figure this out, the pandemic happened and it kind of we had a we had a moment where we said, do we actually want to continue pursuing this idea, or do we want to take a pause? Um, and we saw it as actually a real opportunity because we saw all these like you know restaurants being forced to shutter their doors, and we knew closures would happen as a result. And we said, hey, maybe this is an actual a really good opportunity um, for us to provide a solution for people who need to restart their restaurants. Uh, all this talent's being furloughed, so how can we how can we link this together um and so in early days you know it was a lot of like you know brainstorming in my living room or luke <laughs> about how we were going to get this done um and then it was just kind of it, 
a snowball effect where, okay, we, we got to get incorporated. Let's, let's start this company. And how are we going to tackle this issue? What's, what, what's this, what's the structure of the company going to look like? How do we arrange, you know, shares and how do we even handle our own vesting? How do we bring on new team members to this project? What, what gaps do we have and, and who, who, who would be the right people to fill those gaps? And, and to be honest, like in the early stage, thinking about all of my HR career where, you know, you always want to select the very best candidate for any type of job. <laughs> and there's all these structures that you, um, you, uh, you go through, you know, like a, a job posting and then interviews, making sure you have a job description that's very clearly laid out so that you make, you make a good match between the people and the, and the job. And all of that went out the window for some reason, as soon as I started a startup. <laughs> Like there, I, I, you just didn't have time or resources to like do it all right, and um, so a lot of the people that like was you know early on in our startup, which is the, the first people who would volunteer their time for free to do this with us. <laughs> so um, luckily, we we lucked out with a lot of um, good people who could do really amazing things. But yeah, it was it was all about passion and drive and and uh, the ability to to work hard and do a lot of things on very little resources. And uh, I remember, so we were searching for a place first and foremost, and we did this because we realized uh, our initial thoughts of, okay, why don't we, why don't we just put together a bunch of these shipping container kitchens in, you know, a single format, um, like a parking lot or something, and and we create these like you know shipping container parks, which interestingly I have a connection to now as I'm <laughs> building my second location. Um, but we're, you know, we struggled with how do we do that in Edmonton when it's so cold? <laughs> so we, we thought, okay, let's bring it into a brick and mortar location. Let's build out a number of commercial kitchens in that one spot. And, uh, and I remember in December of, of uh, 2020, we found this location in downtown Edmonton, which had formerly been a nightclub and a restaurant. And I'm about to sign this lease for five years, which you know, like for a, a, an amount that I have never paid in rent ever before in my life as a with a commercial lease, it was nearly 5,000 square feet. And I, I was about to sign this lease and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I don't, we don't even have all the money together to actually do the build up for this thing. Like, how are we going to do this? <laughs> like, and I was so nervous about it, but you know, my co-founder, he's been through the startup cycles before he's been involved in a couple different ones. He's like, we just have to keep making the plans, keep going and everything else will fall into place. And I remember just being scared out of my wits, inking my, my signature on that, on that line. And again, this is a big learning. Yeah. I, I, I guess I didn't need all the money together before I actually did this project. <laughs> uh, we had, we had some early investment and then we got some more later on and it all ended up working out. And um, you, I, I guess like some of the biggest learnings is just, you know, you have to move fast. You have to know where you're going and and tackle it and uh, tackle it one kind of day at a time with a plan in mind, but knowing that plan was going to change and uh, you didn't have to have all your ducks in a row, <laughs> which is unlike anything I'd ever experienced in my career before. And uh, and uh, yeah, you, you figure it out as you go along. I'm glad you brought up that moment of panic because when I think about entrepreneurs and when we talk to entrepreneurs, I'm always thinking in my mind, this sounds terrifying. It sounds like so scary. Like there's no real, I guess there's bits of safety nets out there, but you know, you're, you're starting something. I mean, 
there's all the all the things you need to know. You were even talking about like just getting it off the ground and figuring out things like shares and things like that. There's so many different things to know. And then that's not even like, will this work? There's there's all that stuff just to get it to the point to find out if it will work. So exactly. I'm, I'm always fascinated how people find the courage or the motivation, I suppose, to to do this because it sounds so, so hard. Yeah, um, there's been a lot of days of doubt. I, I will be honest with you about that, right? Like I remember um, we'd already <clears throat> at this point, you know, gotten the place up and running and constructed. We'd signed on our first four um, kind of chefs to, to license the space from us. Things were operating and I took a weekend finally uh, to go and we went to the hot springs in BC, my partner and I, and I, was supposed to relax, right? And just take a take a breather. <laughs> and I spent the entire time wondering if I had made the right decision to do this. <laughs> and asking like my partner over and over again, like, oh, what am I doing? Is this the right thing? Because I was really contemplating at that time, do I make the the final jump? Um, because at this point I had been uh kind of granted a leave from my <clears throat> current corporate position. Uh, they'd given me a six month leave and I had to decide whether I was going to go back or not. And it was one of the hardest decisions. Like I am generally a fairly up, up until this point in my life was a fairly risk averse person. <laughs> I would, I would do things to mitigate risks as much as possible. I always chose the safe road. I always chose my comfort zone. And it was like the first time in my life that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I really need to make a, a choice here because the business is just taking too much. And the reason I went on leave was because I was just too stressed trying to do them both. I was working, you know, 10 hour days at my corporate job. And then in the evenings and on the weekends, like every waking moment uh, was spent trying to get the business up and running. And I, it got to the point where I said to myself, like, if I do this half ass, um, and it falls flat. It's going. I'm, I'm going to forever regret that I didn't put it all in. And uh, and so I, I made the decision not to not to go back to the corporate job. And uh, <laughs> and that was really hard. But a lot of doubt uh, along the way. However, um, you know, and and it's not been rosy, like uh, to say the least. Like I I, I feel like I started the, uh, a food business at the worst time ever. <laughs> In the middle of the pandemic, so when we opened our doors, October 2021, it was, uh, we were just in the middle of, of, you know, coming down from the Delta wave and, and unbeknownst to us, be about to be hit with the big Omicron wave in the fall of 2021. So for October, it was actually really good. But then November, lockdown started to happen again. And all this, like, you know, masking mandate and, and vaccine checking and all that stuff had to be implemented. Inflation started to go crazy with like food prices going so high. Um, you know, supply prices all over were high. And at the end of the day, um, it, 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 it's been a hard, like consumer behavior has changed <laughs> um, significantly downtown has not been what it was once before and, and, and hasn't come back in the way that we thought it would. And so, yeah, just a lot to contend with. So there's been, there's been days, uh, again, it's terrifying. It's like, oh, is, is my business going to survive? Um, are we doing the right things? But so many more doors have opened 
to me as a result of having kind of like this time and energy and space out of outside of like a, a structured nine to five job. Um, I joke sometimes that, you know, as an entrepreneur, I get the blessed flexibility and freedom to work 24 <laughs> seven. And so, you know, I, I wake up at, you know, six in the morning and the first thing I'm thinking about is my business and it's, you know, all the way to the end of the day, right before I go to sleep, the last thing I'm thinking about is my business. But, it, you know, those times in between, um, I get to choose when I work on the business and when I try other things. And so as a result, like I've been able to uh, start teaching. So I, I, I now teach at Norquest and teach a couple of business classes. Um, I got invited to um, help coach other startup founders in this Velocity Accelerator program through Alberta Catalyzer. Um, I was able to kind of start my own HR consulting business on the side as well, so that I could work on some uh, interesting HR projects with a couple of, of clients. And so it, it's and I, it's interesting because I, I see this in a lot of entrepreneurs. There's they always have multiple businesses or multiple side hustles and stuff like that because when you get the freedom to work twenty four seven, your your day becomes uh, really open, and and all of these other types of challenges and opportunities come up. You must like to keep busy because you would think one business would be enough, let alone two plus teaching plus consultancy. Like, why do you take on all this stuff? Um, some of it's out of necessity, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, sometimes the business can't pay me enough to mm -hmm. to live, and so I gotta I gotta do different things to make sure I can I can pay the bills. Um, especially in early days, you can't expect like a, a business to just take off and and give you what you once had before. Um, and and others is just I love doing it. I don't know. I <laughs> I um especially around like the kind of coaching that I've been able to do and teaching. Like, you know, I I've always uh, loved advising. I've always loved working with people and giving them the guidance, I guess, or maybe some. I, I love feeling like I'm able to help them through their issues or through through their challenges by just sharing kind of wisdoms or things that I've learned. So there'd be a lot of financial risk, you know, leaving a, a salaried position to start up a, a company. And I know you've talked about that a little bit. How do you mitigate or how do you prepare or, or how do you cope with that sort of uh, financial uncertainty or I suppose um, reduced income? How, how do you deal with all that? Yes, that's a great question. Um, personally, I I had quite a bit of savings built up <laughs> before I kind of took the leap and felt comfortable too. I also um, was in a relationship where my partner, um, you know, was able to support us as well. If I if I ever had to, you know, have, be in a position to have no salary at all, um, and then. From there, like once I felt like I had the bedrock, right? Like I got this, these savings, I've got, um, you know, a, 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 like a support network of some sort <laughs> to fall back on. Um, that's when I started to also figure out other ways to make money. And I had only ever been used to um, a, a very stable kind of regular salary as an income before, but then I realized you can make money through different means. And so I, um, my partner and I purchased a new house and we actually, um, we actually, <clears throat> 
um, turned my previous property, which is a duplex, into a uh, rental property income. So that's now like a passive piece of income that's coming through. And, and then I, I took on a lot of those different opportunities, right? Like coaching, teaching, and some consultancy uh, projects as well, because I have I built up all this expertise um, in in HR over the last you know 10 years and could very easily slip into these, these interesting projects that I could lend my skills at uh, a much higher rate that I was being paid before, honestly, uh, for very, you know, specific time periods. So like I could do it very part time and not have it interfere with my kind of day to day business as well. So um, I think at first it's it's making sure you have that that safety net, you've built something that, you know, you, you're not going to go hungry or be homeless <laughs> um, if things don't go well. And then from there, it's it's finding other revenue generating opportunities, and whether that's by way of other businesses or other ways with passive income, like that's that's the really important part is is being able to adapt. And of course, like it's uh, it's taken a lot of uh, personal change and adaptation for myself as well, right? Like I've changed my lifestyle significantly to to adapt to to my new uh, my new life and my new my new job. <laughs> I really appreciate the advice you've given uh, throughout. It's very concrete, good examples. So that's always uh, really well appreciated. We're just going to move on to the lightning round now. These are questions that we just ask every single guest. So uh, good luck. First one is, have you ever been fired from a job? No. No. Very few people have, so that's all right. Now, I already know that when you were a kid, you wanted to grow up to be a lawyer. Um, Yeah. When you started university, you still wanted to be a lawyer? Yes. Yes, I had. Business was like a fallback plan only, and law was the big goal. <laughs> What's something that you wish people knew about your job? And, and we'll let you do this whether you want to talk about your job running the startup or your job in HR, if you wanted to hit on that. What's something that people don't know, but you wish they understood? I think um, a lot of people are really scared about entrepreneurship and scared to take the leap to go out their comfort zone and maybe give up um, a career that they they really like or because I love my career actually like I love my job as an HR person as well um, I wish people knew how fulfilling it is hmm. to take something from nothing and turn it into something that operates when you're not even there like it's it's um it becomes like a, like a, almost like a child that you have created and reared and cared for us that is now thriving. And there's, there's something really amazing and really rewarding about that, that I, uh, I think people hear a lot of the scary parts of entrepreneurship, but uh, no matter where, where your business ends up, the, the fact that you, if you can get it off the ground to that point is, is a pretty amazing feat. And, you know, there's this pride that you feel um, when you do it. What advice would you have for someone who feels stuck in their career? Um, that's a great question. I think my advice would be to just get out and try new things, meet new people. Um, that's kind of one of the biggest things that uh, the MBA taught me was it's not actually the classes that mattered for me. It was the people that I met in my program and how um, the, they, the people that I met just opened different doors and, and being, you know, I think coming out of university, you're, you're surrounded by really like-minded people, really ambitious people, people who want to change the world. And so 
you know, get out of, get out of like the day to day that you're doing and, and try something new, you meet new people and you'll be surprised where those things can lead. What is your favorite thing about your job? If you just have to lo- narrow it down to one thing that you do, that is your favorite thing. What would that be? I think it's my favorite thing is being able to enable my team to accomplish really amazing things. Like I, I don't do a ton of the day-to-day work myself. Um, I'm there to provide support, guidance, coaching, direction. And so I think the, the leadership aspect of it and seeing how they grow and seeing how they can accomplish all this amazing stuff um, is what really just, I guess, lights up my day. If you could go back in time and talk to yourself just after you graduated, what would you say? This is a curious one because you've certainly made changes. But what would you say? I would have encouraged myself to step out of my comfort zone sooner. Hmm. Yeah. Try new things. Don't be afraid to take risks. And um, I think there's, you know, there's this, um, I guess, temptation, I would say, to just enjoy <laughs> life <laughs> um after graduating like I, I remember doing that like right after uh, my bcom there's a, a couple years where i was just like i i took the foot off the gas a bit where i wasn't like involved with so many things and and i did the same with my mba um just yeah just just keep keep pressing on that gas and and try different things and, and step out of your comfort zone more Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, Jennifer. This has been great, very fun. I've learned a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be on here today. Thanks for listening to this episode of What the Job, and a special thanks to our guest, Jennifer Keith, for talking to us about her career. And as always, a reminder that the best place for alumni to connect with other alumni about jobs, mentorship, or volunteer opportunities is the online platform Switchboard. It's free, and you can try it out today at uab.ca slash sboard. It's a great tool no matter where you are in your career journey. That's it for this episode. For What the Job, I'm Matt Ray. See you next time.